Welcome to the podcast. Here we seek first to understand a wide range of topics in culture, politics, and society, and then to draw conclusions. It doesn't matter what you think, just that you think deeply and be open to all perspectives. I'm not here to convince you to take a position on anything. I just want your position, opinions, and engagements to be formed on sound critical thinking and analysis. Because if you don't learn to think for yourself, others will think for you. And almost certainly, they won't have your best interests at heart. Intellectual freedom is the right to hold, receive, and disseminate ideas without restriction. It is an integral component of a democratic society. This is under attack in our modern culture. Intellectual freedom ironically seems even harder to achieve in the age of technology. Our superficial, lightning-paced lifestyle doesn't lend itself well to thinking critically. This hurts our intellectual freedom. If we're brutally honest, we don't have a self-governing or well-informed citizenry. Intellectual freedom suffers when the citizens don't think independently and critically. We're in trouble right now from the intellectual fog of name-calling, blaming, shaming, bullying, moralistic demagoguery. However, just as things sometimes decay and die, there is also the potential for rebirth and growth. We can get past the oppressive weight of the decline. This podcast will hopefully provide a new and different way to look at things on modern topics without the hyperbole, the yelling, the screaming, the name-calling. We do take on tough and emotional topics, but we do this in a way that's empathetic, open-minded, and non-binary. I'm Dr. David Hopkins, Professor of Humanities, your guide. My goal is to apply critical thinking, logic, reasoning, and analysis of philosophy and history to add context and understanding to our crazy modern world in which we live. But enough with the formalities. Let's get started. This podcast is uncomfortable. I know I cannot speak on this without judging myself. Every single word I speak, I must do with empathy and understanding. As I don't know personally the portrait of your life, but I can only push ideas and concepts to you in a general form of what I have experienced personally or I have observed. In many things, I've made seemingly great progress, though others are far more advanced in success than me. They started younger, showed more intellect and insight than I did, uh, even recognized earlier on the poisons that modern culture can thrust upon us. So every opinion I'm going to give here is like a boomerang that comes back to me. But in the end, they are my insights, which I hope you find value. The richest and most affluent culture in the world is also the most in debt of any country. Technology has revolutionized food production. Never have there been more healthy alternatives, and the knowledge we possess on nutrition is at the highest level it has ever been in, in human history, yet we're the most obese country in the world. Speed and efficiencies in our world have given us free reign to open our minds to op opportunities and freedoms that we've never dreamed of 
even 200 years ago, yet were addicted and trapped mentally and intellectually like no other country in the world. Science and medicine and our understanding of the human body psychologically and physiologically is unprecedented, yet we're the most medicated society in the history of the world. The world is more globally connected by social media and technology than at any time in human history, yet loneliness, isolation, and tribalism is greater than ever before. If we're honest, we're soft mentally, physically, and psychologically. And it's, it's hard to say this, but in many ways, we're devolving, becoming less vibrant, energetic, and happy. How in the world can this be? Something is wrong, terribly, terribly wrong. So in this podcast, we will discuss the problems and why this is happening and offer up solutions for you and your life. Let's look at debt. We have literally been brainwashed. We buy without cash, houses, cars, degrees, clothes, vacations. In essence, though, we are buying slavery in the form of debt for ourselves to a thing or many, many things until we die. Houses paid for over 30 years are such heavy anchors that we're often imprisoned rather than housed in them. And the bad neighborhood to be avoided is our own beat down pathetic selves as we become as we become paying for this prison for our entire life. Will we ever will we will we never learn? We we always scheme to obtain more of these things. And not and not to be content with less. How how many friends, neighbors, loved ones do we have to see utterly humbled and destroyed by debt, by the necessity of driving that shiny new car, buying that 30th pair of fashionable shoes, or buying a McMansion house with empty guest chambers for empty guests before we die in poverty and destitution? Not to be overdramatic, but it really is sick, and we need to wake up. Another area is obesity. Americans have become gross feeders. We, we no longer eat for nourishment to meet the needs of the human body to operate at optimal efficiency. We eat for everything. We eat for gatherings. We eat for holidays. We eat for sporting, sporting events, for TV binge watching. This is just a fact. 42% of Americans are categorized as obese, not a little bit overweight or could stand to lose a few pounds, but obese. If anyone says, oh no, that, that can't be true, walk the streets in any city in America and see the vast abdomens of men, women, and even children, and there is no denying the problem. It's hard to provide, cook, consume a simple and clean diet that doesn't offend the masses of people. Ugh, fruits, vegetables, nuts, what a horrible life. I I would rather die than miss that quart of ice cream after eating a 2,000 calorie rack of ribs with, with bread and cheese potatoes and a few glasses of wine to wash it down. That's the mentality that we have today. And really, the healthy eater is almost looked at as weird. Uh, one can almost be ashamed to just eat real food. 
Where are the boxes, the prepackaged, the sugar-laden breakfast cereals that are quote-unquote loaded with essential vitamins and minerals, people say? What a joke. If you look at it, next time you walk in a grocery store, just look at the layout, and you'll see that the actual real food, the real fruits, the real vegetables, the real nuts, the real meats and fishes... They only take up about 15% of the floor space. And as you look across these vast grocery stores, you'll see 85% of the space in, of, of a grocery store is nothing but rows and rows of boxes of food, canned food, processed food, prepackaged food, um, all for our quote-unquote convenience. That's despicable and gross if we really think about it. How can America overloaded with access to the best food in the world be in such a sickly and obese state of affairs? There really isn't an excuse. And it's not okay to overburden your body, your heart, your lungs, your internal functions, especially your brain power. It's a... The wonder is how people, how you and I, can live this slimy, this beastly life eating man-made packaged food loaded with fat and preservatives and other junk in such large proportions, literally poisoning ourselves slowly over the decades. I believe that every person who has ever been serious about preserving their higher intellectual faculties in the best condition avoids the poison ingested and drank from processed, manufactured, marketed food. How clear can you think when your body is operating at optimal health, being fed from optimal fuel? If you don't know, why not find out? Food was not meant to be a sport it wasn't meant to be a leisure time activity food is meant for one purpose to fuel your body and it's taken me a long time to truly figure this out after an er visit for a second lower abdominal pain after having a major surgery five years ago i was told i had to moderate my diet and i went all in I decided I wasn't going to continue to go through these problems. I now do not eat any processed food or fast food or processed sugar. After going through rounds of antibiotics, I was stunned when I switched my diet how much clearer my head became. I slept better, I concentrated more clearly, I became more creative, I melted off extra baggage known as weight, dropped 10 pounds in a couple weeks. I tell you from experience, if you only eat natural, real food, cut out the processed stuff, you will be utterly amazed at the changes that will very quickly begin to emerge in your life addiction is another topic i really want to talk about and when i talk about addiction here i don't just mean drugs and alcohol that's way too simplistic and too easy 
you know, we, we have a compulsive, chronic, psychological, physiological need for money, power, status, and creating this indestructible image. I'm going to talk more about chemical dependency later on in this podcast. So for now, what I want to talk about are these addictions to other materialistic things that we come in contact with and we deal with every single day. You know, for some people, the habit-forming substance of addiction is a career focus. You do know that if you leave your job today, it'll be posted tomorrow and could be filled in a week or so. You know, for some, that substance of choice are, are things. Maybe it's cars. You know, that new car smell wears off within a couple months and all you're left with is a five- to seven-year-old car loan. Or maybe it's your social media image, and, and from that you do realize that from your thousands of friends online, maybe a handful would actually be there for you in your darkest days. Whatever that addiction might be, it will create physical, psychological, and social effects someday, whether you notice it while you're in the middle of it or not. You know, we are obsessed with abstractions that really don't have a deep meaning. You know, you're not going to be on your deathbed in your final days. And as those are gathered around you that loved you, you're not going to ask for your final tally of your total Facebook friends. You're not going to ask that someone bring to your bed and take all of the money you've accumulated in your bank account And put that on the bed so you can lay with it one last time. And you know that company, that job, that career that that you believe is so important and consumes so much of your time. At the end when you die, they may give you a card or maybe send some flowers and say, you are just one of the most amazing workers the company has ever seen. Your shoes will be so hard to fill. Blah, 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 blah. You know, most people, even in this comparatively free country that we live in, through mere ignorance and mistake, we are so occupied with the artificially made and hyped cares of people and wasteful daily tasks of life that many of us just flat out miss the true purpose and calling in life, let alone just the important things of family, friends, relationship I do have to say there was a period of time as I was making more and more money I was getting more and more in debt I was less and less focused on my family and there were periods of time where I thought I might lose my entire family for this fixation on career I was running myself ragged constantly for something that I was so certain was so very very important but in the end turns out to be nothing more than just a job you know we work ourselves to exhaustion with this mantra how are you today oh so busy so busy oh i'm just just so busy always so many things to do and you know we do this in pursuit of things or careers and we get obsessed with creating this this image that we're trying to share but it's so far from our true selves that it becomes almost comical you know actually most of us really spend no time 
searching for true meaning or true purpose or true desire uh, to live with true integrity to 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 bring forth that creative self in whatever area it is you know we simply can't afford to sustain pursuit of the important things in life due to our addictions whatever form they take our labors are depreciated they're minimized in their turn and it literally as we go through our daily lives we're turned into nothing more than a cog in this market economy we simply have no time to be anything but a rat on the wheel how can we even recognize our own ignorance and daily deterioration in such a state of busyness how can one grow and become free intellectually to reach new levels and or discover hidden passions and talents and creativity while we wear this badge of honor? I am so busy. I hate that statement. It's said so reflexively and we say it with such pride. We should actually be ashamed when we say it because do we really have our priorities at the most important things that are going to matter the most when we reach the end of this race called life. I want to talk about our drugged up society and our perceptions that seem to be pervasive now in in society. You know, your actual pain that you are experiencing, what we're told by the pharmaceuticals and the medical community, community whether it's depression anxiety or escape is you know this problem you're experiencing it it doesn't it doesn't really mean anything it's basically just a glitch it's a malfunction it's an annoyance your your mental problems and mental struggles right now they're they're like a car that needs a tune up and it can be fixed and the way to solve this problem is simply to pop a pill you know, there's no shame or there's worry. Uh, just, just the drug, just drug the thing away. You know, whatever that thing is, there's a pill for it, and we'll just get rid of it out of your body, like like the snap of a finger. Could be legal drugs, could be street drugs, could be alcohol, could be whatever. Our culture of easy, no pain breeds this. You know, once there was this mantra in culture that said, no pain, no gain. You got to go through the hard times to reach the, to get, to get to where you need to go. This has sadly become a mantra of no pain, no pain. Drug it away. Just get rid of it. No, no need to experience any difficulties, problems, struggles challenges we have a drug for you what a despicable lie how can it be our society is so quick to poison its citizenry how uninformed and ignorant is a population which would allow itself to be injected handed pills smoke or inhale any manner of narcotics with this false lie it isn't you it's just a problem in your brain and we can drug it don't worry about the underlying cause just treat the surface and life will be just fine i want to tell you a story of a foster child i had once he was probably about six years old he had been through some very extensive physical abuse he had witnessed incredible abuse from his mother 
Um, he'd been abandoned multiple times, and so he had some really serious behavioral issues from all this trauma that he had been through in his life. And so he was struggling. He was struggling in school. He wouldn't listen. He had trouble lashing out at other kids. He had trouble with daycare providers. I mean, and and so he was really struggling with all the stuff that he had been through. And I'll never forget this as long as I live, the case manager for this child for the state of Florida. Rather than trying to help this kid through all these psychological things that he needed to deal with intellectually and psychologically, his initial recommendation to quote-unquote calm him down was just to drug him up. He said he knew a doctor who he always worked with who could get the drugs for him that day. And I was rather stunned at this. I mean, how really despicable is that? A legal drug peddler known by a rep of the state in child protective services that was told, let's just get him sedated and make life easier for you, for the teachers, for the administration, for the daycare providers. If we give him these drugs, he'll calm way down. But that isn't going to solve his problem. That wouldn't solve his problem. We refuse to do that. But I was taken aback by how flippantly how quickly and how coyly the solution was drug him up and quiet him down at the age of six. It's such a sad story, but I don't think it's probably shocking to anyone. You know, rather than medications being a temporary crutch or a tool when they're absolutely necessary to get us through a tough spell, drugs have become a vehicle that we're told we can travel in our entire lives You know, legal or illegal, really no difference. You know, too many people, too many children are zombie walking through life with the brain unable to operate at optimal power because we're sedating a symptom, but we're not dealing with the causes. You know, these legal systems of drugs and using them to seduce us to fall asleep is something that we all have to look at incredibly, incredibly carefully. So the question becomes, how in the world did this happen? How, how could society, with so much promise and so much new and great and wonderful medically, technology, society-wise, I mean, we, we have just, we could tick off hundreds of, of innovations that are making the world such a better place. But why is this happening to us? And I want to look at a couple things. First, I want to look at this concept of capitalism. I would never trade capitalism for socialism, and I would surely never trade it for communism. But... This system of capitalism we live in is no innocent choir boy. There is no human system ever devised that is devoid of serious, if not deadly, trappings. And this modern version of capitalism that we live in today has in many ways marketed the mind to stupid. 
when we consider what is the chief end of people as they go about their lives today, money, profession, and getting ahead, although one can truly never actually get ahead as someone is always ahead of you, this seems to be of paramount importance. And we chase it like chickens with our heads cut off. We don't stop to think what are the true necessities and, and means to live a full life. It, it appears we have deliberately chosen the common mode. We often come to the conclusion a true necessity actually is the latest iPhone or fashion. The status quo is the marketed version of living the quote-unquote American dream dominates because we prefer this pseudo-happiness which we believe is easier and we believe this so deeply in our market system that we have honestly come to to the conclusion that there is no choice left but to be a cog in this machine. But if you think money, status, and stuff are going to make you feel better beyond that initial endorphin rush of getting stuff, you're wrong. You're dead wrong. The more you believe you can buy and display your way to happiness, the more likely you're going to be depressed. You know, I read an article on – from it was actually a, a hotel in South Korea. It, it was created by this lawyer um, who had lived one of those 80, 90-hour-a-week jobs – burning the candle at both ends and he he decided to buy this facility and he turned it into a bed and breakfast a very unique environment he literally created in the form of a prison so the the rooms were in the form of a prison yes a prison with real bars you're locked in there uh there's no tv there's no cell phone there's no contact with the outside world whatsoever uh And people literally were paying money to escape their normal day-to-day life to live in a prison. And they would spend money to go and spend a weekend or a week or a couple weeks in this mock prison environment to escape the real world. They would rather be locked up in prison than to face their daily life. If that doesn't tell us how screwed up and how our hearts and minds yearn to just break away from these shackles of the modern world, I don't know what does. You know, you have to throw these junk values off, money, status, and stuff. You need to sit down. You need to be quiet. You need to read or think or pray or meditate, whatever you do, and you need to figure out the real values in your life, the things that really matter, that if you die in one year, two years, or three years, you put your focus of your life on those things that are most important. Another way to do that is just think of that moment you found meaning and purpose in life. What are those moments that you just look at as just the greatest and best moments of your time? And then you need to figure out how you can dedicate more and more of your life to have more and more of those moments. And you know, this can lead to a marked shift in those sick junk values that capitalism is thrusting on us towards a more meaningful, nourishing, creative life. But all the chasing of the American dream with intense labor to buy things we don't need to impress people we don't even like is such a deep mistake. The better part of life is consumed in work. 
which ends up reaping tons of material comforts in this country. But they yield no comfort at the end of life. We willingly accept this fate often, even go so far as to call it necessary and required. But it's a fool's life, as many find out when they get to the end of it, if not before. This is why I speak on this topic, to reevaluate your priorities, to reevaluate what you call necessary, to reevaluate what you call important. You know, in the end, capitalism, it creates wonderful wealth, beautiful cities, nice homes. But if we're not careful, if we don't learn to see it for what it is, it's a materialistic facade. And that cannot provide a deep meaning in the scope of your life. You will become a slave to the niceties. And then the positives of capitalism can become a veritable living hell, a trap. Ask anyone buried in mortgage debt, student loan debt, or credit card debt about all the niceties they purchased. And now, years later, the niceties are gone, but the slavery still continues to all the quote-unquote niceties. Ask how great and grand the commercials match up to the realities a couple years after the marketing is all done. The other topic I want to talk about can seem strange. I'm not a psychologist, but I want to talk about loneliness. Because I was reading the other day and I ran across a study that found despite all of our connections online, we are now the loneliest society in human history. 39% of Americans stated they were lonely and no longer had anyone close to them. Anyone close to them. 39% of Americans. That is scary. In general, humans are great at banding together to solve problems. Our technology is making us the first humans to disband our physical tribes. It is making us feel awful. Isolation can be debilitating. That powerful emotion called loneliness can lead to anxiety, depression, and an entire host of psychological, physiological problems that, of course, the pharmaceutical machine will gladly step in to treat. How many countless anxiety and depression drugs are out there now? And how many millions and millions of doses are taken every year by people? We have just countless zombies walking around in society being treated with drugs when in reality what most people lack the most is just deep-seated meaningful relationships because many times that's what got them into this cycle. When we belong, when we truly belong and have a purpose to what we do. We don't fall into that sickening rut of isolation, anxiety, and depression. Is it really that easy? Yeah, belonging, serving, having others is so important. That doesn't dismiss there certainly are some people in some situations that have have went through some sort of trauma far beyond just isolation which led to anxiety and depression. However, no matter how traumatic the event may be, if you never deal with the root, you're going to constantly be treating the symptom. And that symptom can't go along if you don't get at the root. 
You know, ironically, when society puts you on drugs to deal with anxiety and depression, the drugs often end up isolating people further and further, and they become more and more disconnected. Their, their minds are more fogged over, and it's a vicious, vicious cycle. And you may say, but I truly have nobody, and nobody wants to be around me. How, how can I break this cycle? Look, there's, there's opportunities, but you have to step out. I don't know. Volunteer at a food bank. Volunteer anywhere. You know, in serving others, you will serve your own soul. I know that sounds cliche, but it's true. If you would just try it. Find a church group. Join a fitness group. There are hundreds of clubs that you can find connections. But you can't do it if you stay isolated in a social media virtual world. You have to escape it. Or, hey, here's an idea. Go into your virtual world to find real-world organizations and opportunities and things that you can do. Find real people, make real connections, provide real service to real people. Um, You can figure it out. I know you're smart enough to do it. It's just do you have that vivacity, that power to, to reach out and actually figure it out. I know you can do it. You know, the human mind is so incredibly powerful, yet change is very hard. And your strength grows out of your weakness. As we look towards solutions, we have to keep it very simple. Real real change in this very real, very hard situation usually happens in humans when they get ticked off, angry enough and finally say enough is enough. See, the problem is with us as humans is human beings are okay with some suffering while sitting on the cushions of comfort. We just kind of continue to sleepwalk. Being buried in debt, being addicted, being medicated, or wallowing in self-pity or loneliness in a very perverse way can become normal to us. It becomes just the way it is. That pain, sadistically, can become like a friend. It's comfortable. It's known. It's, in a sad way, safe. You know, as the old saying goes, if you put a frog into a pot and you slowly, over time, turn up the heat, it'll stay in that pot until it eventually will die. But attempt to grab a frog and just drop it in a vat of boiling water it's instantaneously going to try and jump out of that the danger and perversity of modern society is we are slowly methodically being seduced and cooked into putting our brains to sleep permanently if we're not careful but change happens in that glorious moment when we are punished, we're tormented, we're defeated. We And it stings so much that we have to stand up. We have to shake the dust off of ourselves and fight. Once we shake off the stupor and fully realize the truth, we learn our ignorance and we understand the insanity of our conceit and self-deceit. Then and only then can we truly go on the attack to win to strive, to move forward. Then and only then will you win as there is no other option. Multiple times in my life that has happened. Are you there yet?
in whatever area of life you happen to be struggling in as you listen to this today. The very simplicity, the very simplicity and nakedness when we study and learn early civilizations um, of primitive ages imply this advantage at least that solutions in general are not incredibly complex. They are actually very simple. You know, in our modern society, we think everything's very complicated, very confusing. Everything is always intertwined in 50,000 yeah buts, this, that's, and the others. But if we look back to the ancients, we can see that most of the time their solutions are very simple. They're not easy, but they are simple. And that's the approach as we look to solve some of these problems that I want to take. So let's not pretend, though, that life was easy in early civilizations. I mean, it was hard and it was difficult. They, they faced more daunting survival issues than we could ever imagine. But we have made things just so complicated and so confusing. confusing. We, don't, we don't know whether we're coming or we're going uh, half the time in our modern world. So we need to simplify. Put that as your mantra on any of these topics or any areas of your life that are just not working right. Simplify. As let's face it, in many ways, we have become the tools of our amazing tools and technologies that we have. We need to take that back. So your diet. How about this? How about trying this? Just eat real food. If it's real food, if it's a fruit, if it's a vegetable, if it's a nut, if it's a grain, if it's a, a fresh cut of meat, a fish, a chicken, how about just cut out all the processed stuff? Cut it all out. I mean all of it. If it's processed food, it's gone. No more processed food. No more fast food. Just eat real natural food that human beings have eaten since the beginning of time how about you just stop putting poison in your body this was really really hard for me and it took me to the age of 50 to do it 50 but wow what a difference what an incredible amazing difference your debt don't have it anymore get out of it as quickly as you possibly can. Now, this is a long-term change for many people. For some, it may not be. Your diet, you can change that instantaneously. And I guarantee you within two weeks, you're going to see a massive change. Debt, let's face it. It may take 5, 8, 10, 12 years. But every pound of debt you take off your back the lighter and easier the load becomes and the more intensely you start to attack it. Cars, house, student loan, credit card. Never buy anything else unless you can pay cash for it. Find a system. There are plenty of them out there and they work. You just have to work it. Your career and your profession. Consider this one. What would it look like for you to work enough to live? What do you actually need Figure it out and do it. You know, there was a point I was making well over six figures. I was making money that most people, that many people would love to have. I make less than half of that now. 
I just teach. <laughs> hate to say just teaching, but financially speaking, just teaching puts me down in the low level of earners in this country. So I went from being a high middle class to just basically lower middle class with my income. And I don't suggest you just quit your job tomorrow. I didn't. I devised a plan to get out of that rat race where I was working 60, 70, 80 hours. I was traveling everywhere. I mean, there was a period of time where I'd get on a plane on a Monday. I would come home on a Friday. I'd have Saturday, Sunday. I'm starting to get ready to go out again. And then Monday, I'm back on a plane. And I did this over and over and over. And I was putting in obscene hours at work another another high level job i was commuting over an hour and a half each way at monday through friday it just it took me time eventually i said this is not worth it it's not worth the stress and i put a plan in place that got my lifestyle my finances in a, in order so that i could do this and i could do more fulfilling things and not burn myself out from both sides and so you have to put a plan in place to do it but again i know you're smart enough to do it but you have to find your priorities you have to find your numbers so that you're that you're not you're not working you're not living to work you're working to live and there's a big difference between the two of them another one are your things clothes shoes house i i don't know whatever material thing you know, in my life, I don't buy dirt cheap usually. I try to buy good, not great. I try to buy simple quality. I mean, you know what is really frivolous and what is not in your situation. There's nothing wrong with having good quality functioning things. But you and I know what you can dial back. You and I know and you, you know in your life what you really need and versus what you just want. If you'll just take a step back and evaluate it in the end the more simple your life the more free your life the more cluttered your life the more enslaved you become and you know i'm as i've said i'm not perfect by a very very long shot but i guarantee you i don't care 30 30 thousand dollar car loans i don't wear the latest fashions i don't kill myself at work my housing expenses are twice as low as the average in this country i i also eat real food only i don't put processed food in me anymore my brain's clear i'm more healthy i'm more alert i'm more focused i'm not putting human-made chemicals preservatives and artificial junk into my body i just stopped it and you can too and i'm not any superstar disciplined person i haven't been my whole life but you got to get to a point where you just say enough is enough. You don't have to be a slave. You choose to be a slave, just like I chose to be a slave for a long time. The question is, are you brave enough to change or remain with those cold and those timid souls who burn and waste their entire lives just kind of throwing up their hands and surrendering that they're just a cog in the machine of modern life? And that's the way it's always going to be. The choice is yours and it's yours alone. Just as every act rewards itself, positive or negative, and it integrates itself into you, 
in in basically a twofold manner. First, in the thing, or in the real nature, and then secondly, in the circumstance, or in the apparent nature. So let me explain that just a little bit. You know, every small act of eating fast food, for example, daily, it adds up negatively in your body. You know, you may not notice this for a year, for two years, for four years, for 10 years. But every time you make that act or you make that little decision, it's slowing you down. It's making you overweight. It's eroding your mental alertness. Just as every positive act of eating real clean natural food daily makes you lighter, makes you lose weight makes your mind become clearer and more energetic without all those preservatives and fat flowing through the veins in your body. You know, retribution for every action occurs, whether it's positive or whether it's negative. There is really no avoiding it. The wise understand this, and if you spread over a long time the significance of your small daily actions... Then it becomes seen, whether it's positive or negative. The great thing is you get to choose. The amazing thing is those daily small acts, those tiny things can accumulate huge gains when you're exercising diligence and making positive choices. Huge gains in health. Huge gains in being free from debt. Huge gains in becoming more intellectually aware of our society holistically. There really is no magic pill in any of this. There's no six-minute ab solution. It's daily doing the little things. And in so doing little things, the impossible become possible. And I want to say right here that I track successes in doing what I'm supposed to do every day. You can pull them on an app on your phone. You can track them on a piece of paper, but tick them off day by day. And sure, there's days you're going to fall short. Sure, there's days you're going to fail. I mean, I eat cleanly, but the other day uh, it was a birthday and I had a piece of cake. I didn't kill myself. I didn't quit. I just jumped right back on where I left off, right? I mean, we don't have to turn this into militaristic Nazism towards every aspect of life but the key is those little things daily and consistently they make a big difference over the long run you just have to be at a point in your life where you're ready to change and if not i hate to say it you're gonna continue in the same place you will and there's no easy way out of it it's simple but it's not easy. Most of the solutions when we read Greek philosophy and we look back to the ancients, their solutions are always simple, but they're never easy. So you can hear this and agree with it and understand it, but if you don't take that simple, te- that simple step forward, you're just going to be in the same place. Maybe one way to kind of, if you're not there yet, like enough is enough, Envision yourself 10 years from now. If you just stay on exactly the same track you're on right now, where would you project yourself to be in 10 years based on the prior 10 years? Where are you going to be at? For some, they could say, if I keep on this path, I don't even know if I'm going to be around. 
for some it's like I will be utterly miserable. Maybe sometimes just intellectually going forward is enough to spark that necessary pain to awaken your slumbering mind to action. You know, one of the greatest turning points for me, actually two of them, I turned 50. I realized I probably, on average, I might have another 20-some years left on this planet Earth if all works well. And number two is having to go back into the ER with more abdominal intestinal problems after I already had one major one, and it was a shocker for me. That was enough to sting me, to wake me up. I don't know what it's going to be for you. I don't know what it's going to be for you, but I can guarantee you the solutions are simple, but they're not easy. But if you're ready, you can begin taking tiny, baby, little steps, and then you can totally transform yourself. You can totally transform yourself where you're not like most of society. You're not in debt. You're not obese. You're not addicted. And you're not a med and or medicated like much of American culture has become. You can separate yourself, not with one grand glorious step, but with tiny, basic, simple little steps. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found value for the time you invested with me today. For discussion on this topic and many others, I invite you to join our private forums. I personally will be over there and engaging with everyone. And it's just a community of like-minded thinkers just like yourself. If you're not a member yet and looking for a community online that is very different, go to www.daviddhopkins.com. That's www.daviddhopkins.com. Follow the links and you can join us. You know, the best way to expand intellectually is to engage in a real dialogue in a way that fosters growth, understanding, and rigorous discussion without all the name-calling, demagoguery, and flame-throwing silliness of social media and the rest of society. This is what the private forum provides. I would love to see you join. Until the next episode, all my very best to you and your family.